0: Welcome, you're listening to Looking for Love and More, and I'm your host, Dr. Laurie Buckley, and I am joined today by my co-host, Mark Phelan. Hey, Mark.
1: How are you, Dr. Buckley? My name is Mark Phelan, and I'm a pretty cool dude.
0: (laughs) Glad you're feeling confident today. Yeah, uh, if anybody didn't know, uh, now you know. So thank you, Mark, for sharing. We always always like it when you... Sometimes
1: stating the obvious is
0: cool. (laughs) When you give us insights. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about desire, speaking of excitement. Yeah, how do you ignite your sexual desire? It's something I hear about all the time. Either somebody has lost their desire, or they've lost their desire for their partner, or their partner has no desire. And desire is such a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at... An article online, it was a recent study that was done in the British American Journal. And it's kind of interesting because they were talking about the fact that women actually lose their sexual interest before men. So they did this study and uh, it's probably close to... 10,000 or a little over 10,000, so about 5,000 men and almost 7,000 women between the ages of 16 and 74. So this is a, a pretty good study. And these people...
1: were all in the UK?
0: Probably. And these people reported having living with their romantic partner for at least a year. So some of them were same-sex and some of them were other-sex relationships. And more than 34% of the women said that they lacked interest in sex compared to 15% of the men. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? And actually, the women reported feeling distressed about this, about not having their sexual desire. So they, you know, they talk about why that might be. Obviously, there's some speculation involved. And I'd like to talk about this because it's something that I know our listeners, if they haven't been affected by it already, which I believe, probably have, they will be. So right now, maybe you're in a new relationship and everything is great and exciting Mm -hmm. and hot, but that can dwindle. Although it doesn't have to when you can really be intentional and do some things to keep your sex life alive. What's your experience been in your relationships? I
1: was just going to make a comment on that. I would do the old Let's put it back on uh, everything we do in in, uh, medical and in mental health is scale of one to 10 kind of scenarios. Mm -hmm. If you're in pain, it's a scale of one to 10. I would like to query the men or the women and whatever the relationship is, what is the scale that you've thought when you were at your just absolute libidinous? Most like if you were every day getting up and you are 10, what is that now? And is it with this person or are you just on a day to day basis? It'd be interesting to find that out, because I remember when I was 15, I was, you know, the old expression, hornier than a two-dick dog, because I would literally wake up just ravenous, yeah. even though I had no contact with a woman for a few more well, years. Well, that's
0: just hormonal, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. But
1: then as it balanced, as I started having relationships, I would still find myself at those moments of just a wave would come over me going, oh, man, I am just... Uh. And I, I, had a, I had a physical reaction of just going, this oh, I'm just super hot. But then I find other times where that's when I realized the lipidness was going out the window. It's because I realized, you know, I don't feel it. I don't feel it at all. And it's been a couple of three weeks.
0: Yeah. So part of it, I mean, look, there's many layers as always in relationships and sex, as I always talk about, but hormones is one of them and hormones are cyclical. And, you know, that's an example of, you know, a certain time in our life when we just get horny. And it's also true with with women's menstrual cycles. So oftentimes when they're ovulating, right before their period, they'll have a a surge in their sexual desire or their horniness, if you want to call it that. So there definitely has something to do with that. But there's also many other variables which we're going to talk about because we need to know what those are if you're going to ignite your sex drive and bring that back again. I mean, I've seen... So many couples or individuals even who are just say, yeah, they're just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. They just, they think they want to have sex. They're feeling a little bit horny, but then the minute their partner gets home and they want to have sex, it kind of goes away. So, you know, now we're talking about some other variables that might be into play here, but there are people who have no sexual desire for their partner, but do for other people. Right or for porn, or whatever it might be. So, so many things, and that's why we're going to talk about them. But, you know, you and I always talk about communication, and interestingly enough, in this particular article, and this article is from the uh, Medical News Today, and they say, I had to talk about this, talking might help. Interestingly, both men, this is a quote, both men and women who found it easy to approach sex in a conversation with their partner were less likely to report a low sex drive. So that doesn't surprise me because if we're talking about it, one, we're more comfortable with sex Mm -hmm. and two, we're addressing some potential issues that might be getting in the way of our sex drive, of our desire. And I know in my personal life, I've experienced it all across the board. Look, I don't think there's anybody who hasn't experienced that intense desire when you're in a new relationship. It's not just physical or sexual. It's also emotional. You just can't think about anything else other than this person. They're on your mind pretty much 24-7. Eating isn't important. Work isn't important. Nothing is as important as seeing this person. And sex is definitely a part of that. And sex is exciting.
1: Oh, it's explosive. It's volcanic. Yeah. But the real test to me has always been the post moments. If that's just, ah, okay, the release has happened, you're feeling great. Now you're just happy to sit and share a meal, watch a movie, whatever. That way, it seems like there's a longevity in that relationship to me. Right. And there's the a difference.
0: Experience. And we, we talked about this, I think, recently. But there's a difference between being really excited with somebody sexually because it's new or exciting mm-hmm. and being excited about somebody all across the board, relationally and emotionally and psychologically and sexually, which in my opinion, and I think you agree with me, which is what you're just saying. It makes it that much better. Mm-hmm. So not only is it really great before you come, but after you come, it's great too. Always a nice thing.
1: Absolutely. A and good feeling. The, uh, I always refer to back to the, the Bible of my life is Seinfeld. With Kramer, when he goes to visit the convent, and all of a sudden a woman is getting ready to give her vows to become a, a a member of the religion for the rest of her life and forsaking men, but she's willing to throw it all away because of Kramer. And so the f- head bishop calls him in and he says, "I know what it is. He's, what is it?" He says, "You have the kavorka, the lure of the beast." <laughs> He said, I just thought I was Kramer.
0: <laughs> well, and some of that is, we could say, somebody's charisma, charisma exactly. somebody's confidence. Mm. You know, somewhat subjective, but it could be someone's sense of humor. So there are people who are we'll just say more charismatic and have that sexual vibe about them. And I would say, in my opinion, it is about people who are confident and who feel really comfortable with themselves and are able to express their desires in a way that feels really good. But, you know, there is also just the natural newness of it all that can lend to some excitement and the absence of Anger, right? The absence of history. You're not cleaning up somebody's dirty laundry and you haven't had to pay mortgage bills with them or raise kids with them or all of those other things that can, we'll say, put a damper on our sex life. And so when you have the absence of those plus the excitement of something new and you have the blank slate that you get to make up who this person is and what your relationship Mm -hmm. is going to look like, which in that moment on that blank canvas, everything is perfect and they are wonderful. We have this fantasy about them and it's all very exciting. And newness is exciting. You know, there's a lot of sex experts who talk about novelty and the importance of novelty. And I think novelty is important. I think it's really great when couples can keep things exciting and new, but there's also really something great about comfort. And that closeness Absolutely. that you have with somebody that you have been with. Every for a time while.
1: I see an older couple walking, and, and you, you know, I'm talking people in the 70s, even 80s, and they're walking and they're holding hands, and I always I look upon it enviously, going, "They just have something. That's, that's, yeah. They've grown old together, and literally have grown comfortable."
0: Well, it's an assumption because they could be, you know.
1: Oh yeah, they could just, in just be, be relationships, lunatics.
0: or they could be in a new relationship. That's true. People in all at all ages. Can yeah. start a new relationships. Watch
1: that old guy work in it. Yeah, but. Uh, I you know, always so. like
0: it when they're wearing matching shirts and he's carrying her purse. That just <laughs> brings tears yes. to my eyes. It also, yeah,
1: it brings tears to my eyes, too, because he. Took his balls and put them on the on the mantle because no, he doesn't have them anymore. That's
0: not true. I don't carry no purses. It's the sweetest thing. I it's, just love it. It's it, a
1: purse. It's a man purse.
0: No, I love it when he's when he's holding her purse, and you could tell he doesn't feel entirely comfortable with it. It's almost like he's holding like a piece of poop, you know, like a poop bag. Um, but there's there's that like he's holding it in a way that feels a little tentative, but he's doing it anyways. Why? This is my shut fantasy. Her up because he she's a yenta. loves her. He loves her. and He doesn't want her to have to carry. This heavy bag. Mary,
1: take the pace. I don't <laughs> want to take the pace. I said, take the pace.
0: And the matching shirts. I hope one day oh. I find that person again that I'm able to do that with. That oh. would be that would be lovely. There's my dream. So lots of things that get in the way. Anger is a really big mm-hmm. one. If you want to reignite or ignite your sexual desire,
1: or oh, you want to put it out. <laughs> Right. That's it.
0: Yeah. Anger is, I think, the biggest desire killer of all.
1: Whatever that stimulation and the dopamine and the serotonin pulsing through your pores, going to your brain and just suffocating with a lust. Boom. Anger is like firing a freaking gun in someone's ear. Shocking and... But gone. here's
0: the thing. A lot of people aren't even aware of it. So they've been saying yes when they mean No over and over and over again, through the months, through the years, right? They haven't been doing things that they want to do because they want to make their partner happy. These are people who have really good intentions. And by the way, these are couples that I see that have the most challenges in their sex life or connecting sexually because they're conflict avoidant. They have no passion. They don't talk about things because they want to keep everything nice and easy and smooth. So their intentions are, you know, yes, dear, yes, dear, make doing everything to make their partner happy, including having sex when they really don't want to. Mm -hmm. So they're having sex because it's the right thing to do because they love their partner and they want to make their partner happy, but they're not enjoying it at all. Not fun for anybody. And over time, that is just going to become drudgery and nobody wants to have that kind of sex. So now your desire for sex will start to decline after time. So that's an important one. The anger. Yeah. People who are actually, you know, they're angry and they fight and they work through it. They usually don't have the problems. As a matter of fact, you know, they're sort of a hot passionate couple. Mm -hmm. They can have makeup sex and they work through things so they're able to do it. It's the people that don't discuss it who may not even be aware of some of that internalized, repressed anger.
1: Emotional constipation.
0: No, it's so true. So it is important to communicate as hard as it might be sometimes. And if you're not having sex with your partner, I want you to think about these things. If you have no sexual desire or your partner has no sexual desire, what I want you to leave with after listening to this show is that it is possible to get it back. It's not lost. It's just missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can find it. Um, it's there. It's actually there. You just need to uncover some things and understand well, what might especially be blocking if you've, it.
1: Even if you're blocked and you're dealing with the emotional constipation, those things, those are problems that can be sorted out. But if you've realized, you know, you've, you've basically packed it in, I'm uh, not attracted anymore. So, Oh, check her out. Now you've just basically turned that part of your life off. Now you've turned it on for someone else. That to me is just, we talked about that in the cheating episode. How are you going to get it back to turn that one back off, then turn this one back on? In the meantime, it's just.
0: Well, a lot of a it lot comes of down to, I believe, our core beliefs. If we believe that our sexual desire is gone, we're not going to do anything to change it. If we believe that we can't have an exciting sex life with our partner because we've been with them for so long or fill in the blank because they're this or you're that or there's a lot of really great reasons people come up with. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. That can't happen. These are limiting beliefs that get in our way. And therefore, they might go somewhere else thinking, and they're not entirely wrong. Okay, I can have a great sex experience here. Something exciting is over here. Yeah, that's the easy way out. Mm -hmm. But again, there's this belief that I can't have it with my spouse or my partner and you can, but when we don't believe that we can, there's nothing we do to change it. Or that belief that this is what's supposed to happen. This is what happens when you, you know, you're over 40 or over 50. And when you've been married to somebody or you have kids, sex is supposed to go out the window. No, it doesn't have to. It will if you don't do anything about it. And if you have that belief, you're not going to do anything about it. So you can. Mm -hmm. So definitely being aware of maybe some resentment that's built up over the years because you haven't talked about things, which again brings us to communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's such an important thing to be able to really communicate and to communicate about sex. You know, be able to talk about sex when you're not having sex. What are some things that you'd like to try? What are some fantasies that you have? What are things that you've thought about or you would like me to do? These are maybe difficult conversations, but they really do make a difference Mm -hmm. in how you two are going to engage in your sexual activity when you do have it. And guess what? Talking about sex might actually, right there... Be excited. up your desire mm-hmm. yeah it can be really exciting you're having dinner and you're saying oh here's some things that i have been thinking that i want to do to you isn't
1: it a good thing to be able to do those moments of reflection when you think back remember when we first met the first time we were together the first time we went to first base all those things it's you know you have a nice glass of wine you start talking about it. it's awful hard not to just hmm, i remember that
0: yeah, Even remember if you the good times. got to back
1: through the old uh, archives. You can still, oh yeah, I remember that. Now, what is the definition of irreconcilable differences? Like in divorce, is that just mean you've? Both well, I think agree? it's a. Le- I it's- think
0: it's a legal term. Okay. Really, I mean, I you think both it's-
1: agree it's done. History, you got no chance.
0: Yeah, again, I think it's a legal term, but ultimately, when people do decide to get a divorce, which might be a great decision for some people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's are you making a conscious choice? Are you just giving up because it's too hard or you think that it's impossible to have something else? You know, that could be problematic. There are some marriages that are maybe better off ending, Mm -hmm. but there are many marriages that end too soon or end needlessly. That if they were to get some help from a therapist or a coach, they could work through these things because all relationships have struggles. They all have conflicts and problems. And when you work through them, not only do you grow as a couple, but as a person, you evolve and become a stronger and better person. So doing that work I think is really important. I mean, look, sometimes there's a partner who isn't willing to do anything. They think that they're perfectly fine. It's all you. They're not willing to go to therapy. They're not willing to get any help. They're just acting badly and don't, see anything wrong with it, I'm going to say that's a relationship you want out of. Yeah. That one you want to end.
1: Now, how often have you dealt with an actual couple coming in and one of the members of the couple is not only reminiscing about the one that got away, but is now reminiscing so much about that one that it's now affecting the current relationship?
0: I mean, that doesn't really happen so much. I I do find that there are people, lots of people who say, you know... Had I had done this work in another relationship in my last marriage, I think we would have stayed together. They usually don't realize that until they've done the work in the current right. marriage. They're like, Oh my God, I've learned so much. I now realize that I could have really saved my marriage but they didn't know at the time, you know, we all do the best that we can. And sometimes we learn from the mistakes that we make. (laughs) There's no easy path in this life when there are relationships and in anything. And we learn from the mistakes that we make, but there are things that people can do to reconnect, to Establish an exciting sex life, whether you've never had it or whether you've had it and you now don't. It's a little bit easier, I will say, if you've had that exciting sex life at the beginning or Mm -hmm. at some point and now things have. You know, they've, they've gotten a little, we'll say, slow or, or boring. And sometimes it's just that. Or things, again, get in the way. We have children. And I don't know of any relationship that doesn't have some struggles, you know, those first years when you have a small child. Because oh, yeah. a child will take up a lot of time and a lot of responsibility, and we're exhausted. And it is important for couples to know that. Another thing that can get in the way of our sexual desire are situational life things, right? Mm-hmm. If there's been loss, we've lost loved ones or we have a new child, or maybe there's some illness. There's lots of things can affect us. And then there's the physical. You know, Maybe we haven't been taking good care of ourselves. We haven't been exercising. We've gained some weight. These things will also affect your sexual desire. One, you may not be feeling so good about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling self-conscious or not feeling confident, it's hard to feel sexy. And if you are not in good physical shape, your body isn't functioning at an optimal level. And it does affect our sex life. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that can affect our desires if we're doing things like smoking cigarettes or drinking too much mm-hmm. or taking medications. Oh, Big yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who take medications, whether, I mean, we sort of know about the antidepressants, although. Some people aren't even aware of that, birth control pills, and other medications that we may not have even thought about that might be physically doing something to our sexual desire. Oh,
1: absolutely. There's a lot of problems with ED that are directly related to as a side effect of medication.
0: Yep, and people don't even know. The doctors don't tell them, Mm -hmm. and the doctors may not even know. I mean, we don't even know what we don't know.
1: Because there's so many off-brand uses of regular medications now. There is a great medication that's used as just for like a nervous condition, but it was originally designed as an epilepsy drugs, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Those dynamics could have another side effect in that direction. Exactly. Propecia, a cure of baldness was as a blood pressure medication. So all these things you, there, again, if you're taking and then you stir in alcohol, forget about it. You're talking about two different things that don't go together. Yeah. And now it can exasperate the power of the negative side too.
0: All things to consider. So what you want to do is, one, you want to look at the things that are getting in the way of your sexual desire. Like, really think about that. Is it physical? Is it relational? Uh, Is it about your beliefs? Like, what's getting in the way? That's the first thing you want to do. The second thing that you want to do is figure out how to add some things in Mm -hmm. that are going to amp it up. So, One, of course, is getting, you know, if you think about the things that are getting in the way, if there is, we'll say, a lack of communication or there's some anger in your relationship, talking about sex, talking about some of those things that are making you unhappy, going to a therapist, that can make a big difference. If there is a possible medication, going to your doctor, you don't want to just stop taking the medication, but going to your doctor and saying, hey, doc. I'm concerned about this. I think mm-hmm. it's having an effect on me. Is there another medication or is there a way I can go off this medication and your doctor and you could have that discussion. So you really want to know if you are not in good physical shape or you don't feel very confident, do some things there. Get some exercise, move.
1: That is also a reciprocal thing because if you're if you can work out together, not only you make yourself healthier, you feel better, you're energized. But it's also you're making an effort. There's people who are, are overweight, different shapes and sizes, and they're perfectly comfortable that way. And their spouse or relation is in the same boat as saying that's fine. That's great. We're I not talking I, to those people. Exactly. I'm talking about the folks that since they got together, all of a sudden 15, 20, 25, 30 pounds have been added to the little right. girth size. An
0: enjoyable evening is great food. And exactly. I and so all that. of a sudden
1: you realize, wait a minute, you know, we've kind of let ourselves go. What's the best way to try and turn that desire back on? Let's make at least make the effort because there can be this cerebral desire going, look, she's going to class every other day. She's looking good. And it makes me excited that she's doing it for herself and health first, but I get the benefit of it.
0: Right. It's also the message. The message that we get is this person is going the extra mile to do something to look good for me. Exactly. So, what really what we're talking about is what are the things now that you can add in and relationally and this is, Sort of a, you get a double bang for your buck. There is spending some time together, Mm -hmm. doing things together, letting your partner know that you love them, that you desire them, that you need them. Giving them compliments, expressing appreciation, touching them without any pressure or expectation of sex. Really important if you're the higher desire partner and you're with a partner who has low desire. If every time you touch them, they think you want to have sex, or you do, you're only touching them because. Mm -hmm you want to have mm-hmm. sex guess what it's going to really negatively impact that experience of when you touch them you're probably going to stop touching them after a while because you're tired of being rejected and they're not going to be touching you because they don't want to think you want to have sex and they don't want to have to reject you everybody starts yeah, feeling you don't bad. want that
1: explanation you start getting a little cozy you know, honey, I'm not in the mood tonight. You don't want to have to go there. Right. You want to just be able to see what ha- whether the, the path leads to you. If it's going to happen that night, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome too.
0: So I've talked about that a lot, getting rid of the end game, like having no goal. And if you, again, are the higher desire partner, and you have a partner who has lower desire, sexual desire than you, you probably noticed that you probably don't touch them very much anymore and they don't touch you anymore. And that's why. So when you let them know you touch them, maybe you start giving them a massage or you start kissing their neck and they're like, no, 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 no. Say, don't worry. Just mm. relax. We don't. I don't want to have mm. sex. I don't want to have sex. And don't have sex. I just want to show you I love you. I just want to touch your body. I just want to kiss you. You do that over time and eventually your partner's going to start to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right now he or she may not even enjoy it because they're feeling that pressure. They're feeling that expectation, but when that can go away and again, it's mm-hmm. going to take some time depending on how long this pattern has been going on. Now there's going to be some room for some sexual arousal and desire to happen. And again, arousal always needs to happen, bef- not always more often than not needs to happen before we feel desire. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be some kind of sexual stimulation through touch, through words, uh, through, like we were talking about, expressions of love or compliments or gratitude. All of those things are going to start to change it. Spending time together, having fun, doing new exciting events and having new experiences together are going to add some excitement out of the bedroom, which will transfer into the bedroom. So these are all things that you can be doing and also how you think about sex. Absolutely. So you can do things. You don't have to rely on your partner. You can create your own sexual desire, thinking about sex, masturbating, really just getting in touch with your body, thinking about the times that sex was really enjoyable. Those are all really good things. Maybe it's reading a sexy novel. right?
1: Watching a paranormal.
0: I mean, it could be watching a porn movie, but I'm going to say that can be problematic, too. Uh-huh. But it's, it, it's one idea. I mm-hmm. mean, it could work for some people.
1: I if I become a rapper, which is what I'm going to do, uh, I think I'll go by the name of Higher Desire. That'll be me. <laughs> yo, 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 it's Higher Desire.
0: What's up? It's actually not a bad one. And don't forget to Kiss. I mean, passionate kissing, one of the first things that goes mm-hmm. in a relationship and really can amp up our sexual desire. And, you know, I always talk about the the old dry humping,
1: mm-hmm. some
0: good making out, passionate kissing with some dry humping. You'd
1: be Nothing amazed. Nothing like a good little dry humping. I mean, now, it can really... would it really... be an effective thing like, uh, you know, you have appointment sex, but you have appointment appointment affection. So say Monday through Friday... You on Monday, you're gonna know, you kiss for 15 minutes, just kiss, 15, nothing else. Next night, kissing and maybe a little arm rubbing. So you're not gonna have sex till Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. But every night you do something that used to be the door to open up to have sex. Now you're kind of reworking that little your database of saying it doesn't always have to lead to sex. So I don't, I can touch and this is cool. And then it starts to build. So maybe by right. Thursday, you're going, can we just do it? No, 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 wait until Saturday. Right. And then you start to feel the desire again. Plus, you realize you can actually be that We desire what we person. don't
0: have. Bingo. So when we create that anticipation and we keep something Which away. Which I'm
1: living every day now, by the way. <laughs>
0: but when you do it with, I mean, look, you could just say, oh, we're only going to have sex on Friday. But if you're not doing anything between Saturday no, and Thursday. No, that's what I'm saying is this build so to
1: right. de sensitize that brain part that, like we said, oh, no, no. Uh, You start to, hi, honey, little rub the shoulders. No, no, I'm not in the mood. No, no, I was just going to give you a shoulder rub. Right, so just be explicit about it. You feel so, not only rejected, but it's like, You know what? F that.
0: So you be explicit about it, and this is one of the first things couples come to see me, and they're not having sex or they're not having enjoyable sex. One of the first things I do is tell them to take sex off the table, and I do encourage them. And I have sex on the table is (laughs) pretty. That could be something too, but I do have an exercise, something for them to do when they go home, which is to touch each other in certain ways without any expectation of not only any expectation of sex, but no sex even if they want it. Mm -hmm. There's no sex, but there is a way to connect. There's a way to connect physically to really focus on your pleasure. And when you're focusing on giving and receiving pleasure, it can be a really wonderful thing. And when there is no sex on the table, now there's room for that desire to grow. So, it's a perfect thing to do and to say, "Okay, we'll have sex on Sunday night." And every night up till there, you spend, you know, it could be 5 minutes, it could be 30 minutes just really being together. So it could be touching, it could be making out, it could be massages, whatever it is, just being together and connecting physically, sensually, and emotionally, it's going to go a long way. So there are things that you can do, no question about it. And uh, there's things that I talk about in my book, 21 Decisions for Great Sex and a Happy Relationship. And in those are some of the things that we're talking about. Communication, masturbation, talking about your fantasies, doing pleasurable touch kissing spending time together these are all some of the decisions that are in my book so these things are going to make a difference it's both of you saying to each other look I love you and right now our sex life not what I would like it to be and I want it to be so much more because I love you I want to spend my life with you I miss the exciting wonderful sex that we used to have let's Bring it back. Like, tell me what you would like our sex life to look like. Tell me what you imagine we could create or some things that you've thought about that you would like to do or things that we used to do that you love. These are really fun and informative conversations that you can have with your partner. So I encourage you to do all of these things that we're talking about. Take a look at the things getting in the way. Try some things to bring it back and it will come back and you know, that's just it. it, one thing at a time, and you'll be surprised. But you have to be patient. It might happen overnight. It might take some weeks. But if you keep doing it, you will find that there's something there for both of you.
1: If you keep doing it, you'll end up doing it.
0: Exactly. So it is an important topic. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your questions. Please go to the, the website, lookingforlovepodcast.com. If you are interested, we're going to be giving in the future some webinars and some freebies sign up on the email list. I'm happy to send you those things and let you know when these things are available free. So take advantage of it. Cause we definitely want to help do everything we can for you. And we need to hear from you. So that's all I have.
1: Outstanding. So outstanding. outstanding.
0: We will see you soon, everybody. Thank you again for listening. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye sure. everyone.